Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod, and today is a treat. I am talking to one of my favorite musicians in the world of all time. It's a big statement to make. There have been a lot of musicians in all of our lives. Rob Ricardo is one of my favorite. In fact, you're going to hear me tell him that in the beginning of the conversation. And uh, I think I fanboy a little bit as I think back to what I, how I opened the interview. I think I was fanboying a little bit. But you're going to hear from Rob about it's so much more than music. It's really he is to me a conscious musician at the highest level. His lyrics have impacted me in a transformative way. You'll hear me tell him that he's like my life coach on one hand and my spiritual guru on the other hand. And his music has helped me through some of the most challenging times in my life. But a year and a half ago when I was going through depression, And then to this day, they just uplift me. They inspire me. They help to elevate my consciousness, they being his songs. And so I really think you're going to enjoy today's episode. I enjoyed this conversation. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. And just hearing from Rob, hearing his creative process, and hearing how the lyrics that he writes, where they come from, right? Does he write them for us, the listener? Does he write them for himself? It's really fascinating to hear an artist. And also you'll hear his journey. And I ask him the question, being a musician, what's better, the fantasy or the reality? And his answer to that question is pretty interesting and I think applies to all of us because I think for all of us, right, we've got a fantasy of what we want life to be like, but then there's the reality of what life is like now and what it will be like even when we create the things that we want. You're going to hear Rob, who's just a very, a very deep, thoughtful, I would almost say enlightened individual. And when you hear his perspective and the way that he approaches life and the way he's approached the last two years dealing with the challenges that the pandemic has brought for all of us, again, you're going to walk away with a mindset that I think will be really inspiring and empowering for you. Before we dive in, I wanna take just a couple of minutes to thank my sponsor. If you're like me, you know the importance of eating healthy, but we don't always have the time or willpower to cook with all the colors of the rainbow. And Organifi's superfood blends make it easy to enjoy more variety and more nutrition in your day. These are delicious organic powders that you can add to water or your favorite nut milk or your smoothies like I do, stir them in with a spoon and enjoy any time of day for more energy, check, nutrition, yes, and hormone balance, as well as just overall peace of mind. They're a great way to jumpstart your morning, energize your afternoon, or nourish your evening, and I use Organifi to do all three of those things. Head over to Organifi.com forward slash Hal. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Hal. And then if you find something there that you love, use the code H-A-L-HAL at checkout. You'll get an additional 20% off on top of all of the sale prices going on right now. So check that out. And then last but not least, I just want to mention the Miracle Morning app that we launched a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't got it yet, 
I highly recommend check it out in either the App Store if you're an Apple user or if you're an Android user, you can go find it in the Google Play Store. But either way, it's so inspiring for me, so cool, so fun to see all of our listeners, all of the members of the Miracle Morning community posting every day. I mean, every day I'm seeing posts in the Miracle Morning Facebook group on Instagram, social media, and seeing you sharing how the app is working for you and enhancing your Miracle Mornings and your life. So check it out, the Miracle Morning app. Without further ado, a conversation with one of my favorite musicians in the world, Mr. Rob Ricardo. Rob Ricardo, man, it is such a pleasure to uh, to finally connect with you face-to-face. Yeah, I'm super honored to be on. It sounds like there was a, a handful of different people trying to make it happen, so I'm glad we're finally connecting. Yeah, it was uh, Brianna Greenspan, and then who eventually introduced us? Brad Mulvey. Mulvey. Brad Mulvey. Yeah. Yeah. It was the universe was conspiring uh, <laughs> for sure. And I think I've told you this, but for everybody listening, like you are literally one of, if not my favorite musicians of all time. So, A, that's, that's crazy. That, yeah. That's high praise. Right. But B, it's cool that as a fan of yours, and it's, we talked about this a few minutes ago, but it's not that I'm just a fan of your music, it meaning, like I, I used to listen to music like a lot of people do, which is like the sound of the music, right? Oh, I love the beat. I love that person's voice. I love the rhythm. But for me, it's over the last five years or so, as I've really focused on kind of elevating my consciousness, the lyrics now mean as much as the melodies. And to me, you're arguably the most one of, if not the most conscious musicians I've ever heard in terms of your lyrics. And I actually, I want to I'm going to start by just sharing the impact that your music's had on me. And and not just because I want to tell you personally, but I really want everybody listening to this. I really want you to hear this because it's pretty profound. And I don't know that there's any other artist that I can say this about. And I think for most people, that might not be the impact most music has on, on a person. But anyway, here's the point. So it started out, Brianna Greenspan sent me your music. And I was going through a period of depression about a year, year and a half ago. You went through really serious depression. And it was specifically your album, The Fire in Me. And as I listened to the songs and listening to the lyrics, I've told people this. I said, it's like Rob's my life coach and my spiritual guru. <laughs> like All in one. And the songs, it's speaking to me. It's coaching me through this thing called life and the challenges that we all face. One of my favorite songs of yours is When Will I Learn? And the lyric, when will I learn that I've got all the answers? When will I learn that I've got all I need? When will I learn that... What's the next line? Oh, you put me on the spot. It's hard to remember when I'm not singing it. When will I learn that I've got all the... When will I, when will I learn that the path isn't easy? And uh... <laughs> and something about being... And I've got everything to be free. Something like that, right? Sorry, I put you on the spot. Um, no, it's, it's funny. I, I, I think a lot of musicians have that. Like if they're trying to recite it without singing along to the melody. It's no, I do it fun. all the time. People ask me about like, <laughs> they're like, in your, in your book, you talked about this thing. And did they, can you talk about, I'm like, I did? I haven't read my yeah. own book in like seven years. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the line is, I just remembered it. It's, it's, and when will I learn that the path isn't easy and, and what I seek is already in me? What I seek is already in me. Like that is, that's like the best advice that one human being could give to another, right? Like, hey, hey, friend, it's okay. I know you're struggling, but when will you learn? You've got all the answers. You've got all you need. The path isn't easy, right? But, you know, I mean, 
What's the last line? <laughs> when will I learn everything I you need is all... inside of inside of me? Yeah, well, yeah, everything I seek is already in me. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I now that I butchered yeah. the lyrics, we, we butchered. Oh, them I think I did too. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I just, yeah, I just want to say that, and I, I, I sent that album to a friend, and she had like a day dedicated to like self self-healing and i sent her that album i said hey listen to this and she texted me at the end of the day she said i listened to rob's album over and over and over all day and it was a huge part of my healing journey and that's awesome it's my friend kalina and you know i said i get it i said you're spe- you're preaching to the choir i said i feel the same way so that's the i wanted to set the stage with that and then i just want to ask you you know i want to ask you some questions and sure. probably one is do you write your lyrics? Do you write your songs with that intention, with the intention to me of elevating the consciousness of the listener? Or is it just like what you, writing kind of what you need to hear? Like, talk about your creative process and how do you create these songs? Where does this come from? Yeah. So it's, it's never the first thing you said, which I know is probably comes as a, I don't want to say a shock, but I, I've talked to people, people about this before and it's definitely surprising to them when I say that. But I never, I'm nothing special. I'm not any different than anybody else. I'm, I have more bad days than good ones. And I'm just as much of a mess, <laughs> not more so than most people. Yeah. But music has always been, since day one, music has just always been, especially when I started writing lyrics. You know, I started playing drums when I was eight years old. And then I really got into like lyrics and guitar when I was in high school. And that's I, it just became like my my safe place or my safe haven to like just like process what was going on and that's all it ever is i think there was a part when things started to i mean i'm and for the listeners like i'm i have no problem saying that i'm pretty small i'm not like any like big time and that's the funny thing is you know you always get music is a powerful thing so you can get made to think that you're bigger than you are but like i never like right from a place where I'm like, I'm going to change people's minds. It's always just this thing that is pretty deeply personal. And I usually call myself out in most of my songs. Like, yeah. um, cause when I play my music, there's really only two places that I'm like super, I don't even want to say like aware, but just like more connected to like, I don't want to say like a right way, but like a, a better, a better way, yeah. um, a better way of thinking, a better way of going forward. And that's when I'm, playing music or when I'm like hiking or running like in the mountains or the canyons, like, like those two places are where I write the most of my music. Cause I think I'm, I'm, I'm able to process everything. I think everything else kind of turns off and something else, whatever it is, turns on. So yeah, that's always been the process. And I guess in the beginning I saw it catch on and I, and I would dismiss songs that I didn't think were that I've stopped doing that. And I'll, kind of release whatever now but ultimately just because of like who i am it's most of the music still tends to fit into those certain categories i guess you could say yeah so if i'm understanding it's you're not writing for the listener as much as you're just going here's what i'm processing myself here's what i'm realizing what i'm learning what i'm what i'm becoming aware of and then that becomes the song exactly i've other than maybe like a couple few songs that i've written for like friends or family or something like that i've never yeah never write from that place because then i just feel like i only know what i know like i only know my own experience and i'm not going to personally i'll just speak for myself i personally am not at a place where i can i don't think i could tell somebody 
somebody else how to live or like what's the right way because when I'm constantly trying to work through it myself but then I then right there I think that is the quote-unquote answer it's like we're all trying to figure something out or work through stuff and like you kind of learn from each other and it's not about it's not about I don't believe it's about like gurus or teachers or anything like that I, I think everybody has something to learn from everybody else you can learn something from I mean, I learn more from my dogs than most people most days, to be honest, <laughs> like unconditional love and patience and all that stuff. You know what I'm trying to say? So I, I just process my own reality and and it's just been pretty cool to see it land and connect with different people at different different points in their own uh, journey. Yeah. No, I think that that's, it's true that I think for most people, human beings, we're all on this human journey together and we all have so much more in common than we have different. And we're all sharing the human experience, which is like, I experience fear and insecurity and self-doubt and lack of clarity and, you know, glimpses of my purpose. And then I lose it, you know? And so, yeah, I think that for most people, it's like, hey, here's my experience. Take from it what you you can. And then they're like, wow, I'm a human being too. I totally resonate with that. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And you, and I think, you know, I really think you have a gift of doing that at a level that, you know, that not too many musicians have. And maybe that is why, maybe because a lot of musicians are focused on making music that they feel like the listener will will like. And while theoretically that would make sense, you know, to think about the other person, but maybe there's just something that that resonates at a deeper level where you're like, this person didn't try to make this for me. They made it for them. And now I get to see like a glimpse into their psyche and their soul. And that feels yeah, yeah true. For sure. And and the one thing I do do when I, and I don't want to say I don't think about listeners. Sure, know, I, sure, sure. I, for me, it comes, it doesn't happen from the content of the lyrics. It happens for the, I'm like the real main reason I don't have like any special mission other than the fact that I am just like, if people talk to me, I'm just like a complete music nerd. I love nerdy, nerdy stuff about music and production and music theory. And so I'm, and like the ultimately the, the number one thing to me is like just the craft of songwriting. So that's when I start to take things into account of like, should this go here? Should I shave that word off? Because a lot of times I'm like, well, this word is more powerful, but it messes up the, the flow and the rhyme scheme. And like you mentioned off the top, like vibe and sound is number one and everything because it tends to get people for the most part, it tends to get people interested. Yeah. So I won't put in, you know, I could very clearly like write a a poem or take someone's journal entry and try to you can't just put that over a cool melody it's not going to work like yeah it has to be you have to be a little bit of uh if you remember back to school like studying like shakespeare like iambic pentameter and like everything all of that makes a difference like where syllables go that's why i get like pretty i get really scientific about that and i think that's what helps things stick so i study that from a lot of other artists and that's where i start to think about the listener. That's where I'll be like, maybe this intro doesn't need to be two minutes long. Cause I'm mm. all, then I also have to be like, well, you got to ultimately know where the stuff is going to go. It's going to end up on streaming platforms. And I mean, I've been wrong before with some of my songs, but uh, having things that are too long, like you, you want to get to the point. So that's where I make my decisions from like the listener standpoint, the audience standpoint. Yeah. But is as is far the, as the sound and concept, the rhythm more so than the, the lyrics are written kind of from the heart and then you you adjust them to uh, to fit the listener's uh, palette, if you will. Uh, not even their palette. Like it, it'll be like what I want to make, but as there'll be like nuanced decisions, like we'll make this we'll make this intro half as long, 
and we won't do a 16 bar guitar solo, even though I want to, <laughs> I'll make it happen. I'll make it half as long because I'm a just complete guitar nerd. And I would just have five minute long solos in every song. And I, but I have to respect that most people don't want to hear that all the time. So I, I that's where I start to be more uh, editorial with my decisions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that totally makes sense. So you mentioned that you were started playing music when you were eight, lyrics at 10. Is that some, something along those lines? When did you like, did you dream of, I want to be a musician like professionally? Like, when did that, did that start at that age and just you always knew? Or what was, give me kind of the idea of the path of like when you, from when you started playing music to how it evolved into actually you doing it now professionally. Yeah. So I wish I could say, I, I feel like there's probably been times in the past where I've been like, I've always, always known, but I'll call myself out and say that that is not ultimately true. I was one of those kids and I'm still one of those kids, one of those people that I'm interested in so many different things mm. that one in the same day, let alone the same week, I'd want to go from being a professional drummer to the next center fielder for the Mets to the next Tony Hawk. <laughs> like in the same day and it's nice. because my parent my parents kind of raised me like that they let me as far as activities go there was nothing that was like for the most part off limits like if i wanted to play baseball and hockey like i can also you know be at the skate park and go snowboarding go surfing all that stuff so i was always changing my mind but music started to become the only thing that was related to all of the things i liked i'm a big like action sports surf skate snowboard enthusiast so like that was always a part of my childhood and then as I got older and I realized music was a whole culture of music like came out of that. And that's when music started to, to stick more and more. And I would have just continued to change my mind if it wasn't for like a very small handful of friends that kept telling me like, Oh, you should pursue this more. And then I ultimately walked away from it. Quote unquote, the real world kind of hit like after college, I was playing, I was in a couple bands in college playing all the time. And, and then I just was like, Oh, I didn't figure this out. I didn't know and this was before streaming and i think the most information or ability to put music out there was like myspace if you remember those days so it was like it was like that and then it wasn't really until my now wife like when marissa and i started started dating like she encouraged me to just play for fun with to get because i had just put the guitar down completely for like five years okay and when i picked it back up there was no pressure it was just like hey i really encourage you to like just play for fun and i started writing songs again and it has pretty much stuck but it's such an interesting <laughs> career and i'm continually passionate about other things that i it, it has ebbed and flowed over the years up until i guess the last you know few years yeah. and then you know you throw a pandemic in there that affects every yeah. industry let alone you know the music industry it makes you start to question but the one thing i i realized this kind of brings us back to my last point is that music is the best way for me to process what's going on inside of me and also around me so that's why i've just kind of never stopped so there was really never i know but it's like it's the one thing that i feel most alive doing that answers your question yeah no it's that's beautiful how many years ago was it that that five-year uh stint of no guitar ended and then your wife you know encouraged you to pick it back up and, and you started kind of taking it seriously going down that path how many years ago did you did you go from having given up on music a bit to to actually recommitting and going all in I picked the guitar back up, I'd say I was probably 2013, 2014, 2013. Okay, and, so seven um, years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah, so about seven years. And it was from basically from 
It would be probably 2014 because it, because it was like four and a half to five years out of from college. So in like 2010, I put the guitar down and like the middle of 2014, I kind of, or the end of it, I picked it, picked it back up and just eased into things and tried to figure out what do I want to say <laughs> with this yeah. thing in my hand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're now, you're recording your seventh album right now? I am. Yeah. Recording, recording number seven. I like to make, I'm a big consumer of records and I know like full albums and I know that's not exactly the way the world is kind of shifting now with streaming, but yeah, recording, recording number seven. I have a, a pretty cool little home studio set up now and I think I got like one or two songs left and then it's, it'll be done and it should be out in, in the spring, in April. So you've been dripping songs. So I, the last three songs I have, I'm looking at my my Rob Ricardo favorites playlist, and uh, <laughs> with conversations with myself, and then lost sometimes, and then everything you need uh, was I think most recent that I downloaded. So are are those going to be? Are you kind of dripping one song at a time, and then you're gonna those will release on the new album? Yeah, conversations with myself won't be. That ended up being more of a one off. Okay, um, I literally just finished putting my studio together and I just dove into a song and like test out, you know, work on some, got a new computer and I'm just like kind of getting, getting loose and used to it. It was fun, but it's definitely, it's a one-off. Why not put that but, on the album? It's a great song. Oh, I think it's a good song, but like sonically, if I put it in the playlist, like in the mix of like the track listing, it just feels like it comes out of nowhere. Uh, okay. And, and ultimately like it's, that's another, like one of those self editorial things I do where I'm like, well, that song, I mean, there's a ton of songs that end up being one-offs or haven't even seen the light of day and they never just because I'm like, they don't fit with any other songs. Sometimes they, they're just a seed and like a few years later, an entire record could be shaped around them. I don't think that one will make mix. But yeah, the other two songs. And then just a few days ago, I released a third single that'll be on the album called Surf the Mind. Okay. And um, I saw that was coming out, but I haven't, I haven't caught it yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that one came out. That'll be one of the. I'll probably release one more single, and then and then the whole album. Awesome. Now I will tell you this. You know, you mentioned that you're a fan of albums. That that's not really the way most people consume music now. With you know, with streaming, it's one. You know, a lot of one-off songs. I will tell you that your album, "The Fire in Me," that oh, talk about your you know the editorial work that you did on that. Like that just felt like a journey. It really felt like it almost you could take the lyrics and then just write them into a book. <laughs> you could, you could, oh, you know, chapter awesome. one, the work, right? You got to do the work. Chapter two, I believe that was then, when will I learn possibly, right? Or, or my own way. I mean, here my, and now, my own way, present I mean, yeah. identity about yeah. how our identity holds us back, you know, written in the stars. That's one of my favorite lines. It's so simple, but in written in the stars, I don't know how it all plays out, but I know it does. Mm. Like, yeah. Mic drop that, you know, especially for what's going on in the world right now. <laughs> but that line to me, I don't know how it all plays out, but I know it does. It, to me, that line, it speaks to faith. It speaks to surrender, right? It speaks to j- just right. being, you know, that just, hey, life is, you know, at one day, all the things I stress about, one day I'm going to be 96 years old, look back and go, why did I stress so much? Everything worked out. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but it did. And so there's exactly. so much like that line and that song alone, just to me, it's a game changer. So much meaning. I appreciate that so much. That album is really special to me. And it's, I mean, I could try to do the like PR myself and say like every, you know, my next album is always my best album. I don't believe that's always true. I think yeah. they all serve a purpose. 
Fire Me is tied for first with my favorite yeah. of my own. That album, the little backstory on it is like that was the first album I like did everything. Most of the time, you know, you go into a studio and, and you work with like other professionals in this space, but that was the one where it was like, I'm going to do everything on my laptop. I had to, I had no other choice because I just was in this point where I was like, well, I think the way the world's going is, and the way I want to naturally go is just constant output. As long as I feel like I've got something good to say and good to listen to, I'm going to constantly put out music. I don't care if it's too much. And you see that more and more from artists putting out music more often, which I think is great as a fan of music. So I was at this point where I had just released my second album and I was like, I want to make a third. And then I was like doubting that I had anything else to say. And, uh, one day, it's just uh, the first song I ended up writing that began that album cycle was uh, actually the last song in the album, a song called Whatever It Takes. And it was like just telling myself, like, whatever it takes to make this happen, whatever it takes to, and not even like make a career happen, like whatever it takes to like keep going, whether that's inside the album process or inside just life in general. And then I, that song, that whole album just kind of came. And then the work came second. And I spent a full month, like I recorded like, like seven or eight different versions of that song until I finally found mm. the one that was like, okay, I'm going to put it out. And my wife will tell you, like, she, she's the one who hears like everything before it goes out. Like I was ripping my hair out of my head mm. because I was like, nobody's going to like this. This is terrible. <laughs> and I just got to the point where I'm like, I can't spend another second mixing this or re-recording this vocal or do, I'm like, whatever it is, it is. And I don't, I think that's to this day, as far as like, like a response from people on social media. I think that song had the most, that's when I knew I was like, Oh, Oh, this might be good. And then it gave me the confidence to record the other nine songs and be like, I'm just going to go forward with this. I think I think I could figure this out. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that whatever it takes was the last or the first song you recorded and the last yeah. song on the album. And, yeah. because, and it really does. It, it, like I said, that album is really, it's just like, to me, it's a journey of self-help, of healing, of inspiration. And then it really, it is a perfect last song because it's like, all right, I just listened to this album. I just went on this journey. I just, I'm in a much better place than I was when I hit play at the beginning. And now, all right, I'm ready. Whatever it takes, like I'm going to go out there. I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to, I'm going to create the life that I want. So yeah, to me, it was, it was just a perfect, a perfect end of the album. Yeah. And it was funny. It was supposed to be the first track. (laughs) And then it was one of the last things I recorded. And again, like I recorded several different versions of that one as well. And what ended up on the album was me going, okay, none of this is working. I think I'm getting to the point because I don't, I don't like overproduction. I don't like over editing anything. I was sitting, it was back when we lived in like a small apartment and I was recording the majority of this record, like in a closet. And some of the tracks I would just do in the main, the other room, like the main room that like connected to the kitchen, connected to the, you know, the living room. So the reverb and everything was terrible. And I just, I go, I'm just going to set two mics up and just track a a so-called like acoustic demo of it and see how I feel about it. And I just played it live acoustic. And at the end of the song, you can hear these sounds start to come in. And that's actually my wife coming into the apartment. Like she was like out hiking or something that she was putting the key in the door. And it was... I heard that sound. I was like, oh, that messed up the recording. And then I heard it back and I cut that little piece of the key coming in that like crackle. And I put a bunch of them together and like put different like reverbs on them and stacked them. And it started to sound like fire crackling. And I go, that's how the <laughs> album will end because it's called The Fire in Me. 
Yeah. And then at the end of like another song, the refrigerator turns on, but it sounds like crickets. And I like, I embellished it or enhanced it instead instead of like trying to cut it out. So that, because of that, that, that's how it became the last song. It was this live demo that I did overdubs. I I went back and then as over the live recording, I recorded some extra vocals and like a guitar solo over it. Yeah. So I'm, like I said, I'm kind of a music geek, but then you're bringing me back to that album process and i totally forgot like all well, and that's that. I mean, how interesting up. that you you incorporated and enhanced the refrigerator opening and the door opening you know like it, who would know that yeah um, music is just sound right at the end of the day yeah. it's just everything if you boil it down to like your phone and you look at it it's all just a, a stereo wave file so yeah. it's music is sound <laughs> well, so now you you said uh, a, few, a few minutes ago you said that uh the fire in me is your well, you said, you know, put it, or the correct response is like, every album is better than the last, right? But that's not always true. And I, as an author, like I've written, you know, a dozen or so books, The Miracle Morning, I, I'm still trying to like top that in terms of the impact that it can make for somebody, you know? Right. And I would agree too. I think that The Fire in Me is, of all your albums, it is my favorite. And now you mentioned that it's tied with another. And I, I have another that would be a close second to The Fire in Me. I'm curious what yours is and I'll tell you mine. Uh, yeah, I'm going to guess it's different, but... The last one I released, Light the Atlantic, it's almost in a way a departure from my other stuff, but uh, I grew up, I mean, I'm, I live in the desert now and I love it, love it here, but I'm from, I'm from the ocean as the opening track, Kid from the Sea on that album would say, like, I, you know, born and raised on Long Island. And I recorded three albums during the height of the pandemic in 2020. It was like I said, it's like how I process things. And yeah, I got like super nostalgic and I always wanted to make like an ocean themed album. It's one of my favorite metaphors. And it's why the first half of the album I'm coming out with picks up from there. And then there's like some more ocean themes before it drift and drifts into something else. But anyway, uh, yeah, I always wanted to make that an ocean theme album using that as like a metaphor. And mm. I kind of, it was an uncomfortable thing to do of going like, well, do people want to hear this? And cause even before that, I released like a folk, a folk record that was really just for like me and like my friends and family that I wrote those songs for. And I didn't even like promote it or anything. I just kind of put it out. And I was like, if people that want to listen to it. Yeah. Um, and I took a similar approach with that, with this one, but yeah, I just, I kept it really sparse, like very acoustic, very limited production. And it just, uh, it reminds me of being young. And that, that's something that I don't expect other people to feel because it's more something that's specific to me, you know, growing like the, the lighthouse on the cover. It's the, that's the Fire Island Lighthouse, which was like you could see basically from across, like around the block from like where I grew up. And uh. Uh, yeah, it's just like a super nostalgic record. But there are some songs in there that actually, that are, by using those metaphors, like I, I say, you can only say so many things the same way, you know, and before you're like repeating yourself and like when you start to use a different metaphor, like a song, like my favorite song on there is way of the ocean and keeper of the light. And those are my favorites to play live. And anyway, yeah, that's, that's why that one's my favorite. I think it just reminds me of like when I started. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, music. I don't think I've even, I don't even know if I've heard that one. Cause I'm looking at it right now. I'm on, uh, not, that's, <laughs> not surprised. I think most people, <laughs> I think yeah. most people have it. And that's totally oh. cool because, there's so much music out there. So the fact that people listen to anything in mind, is always a shock. So Yeah. Well, so my second favorite album of yours, and it is a close... I mean, there's some songs that are, I, I love as much as anything on the fire in me, but it's The Calm Within. Yeah, the first one. Oh, that's your first album? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, see, that's interesting because it sounds... 
Wow, that is interesting. I didn't. Now I'm looking at the date, but I because I would have imagined that to even be like a like later on because it feels there's a lot like you as an artist on that album. There's a lot of just I don't even know depth or just different dynamics in your sound. But like Adventure of Me, Revival, Let It Breathe, Feed Your Soul, The Warrior. I mean, I'm, I'm running down. You know, I yeah, I love love that album uh, right up there with uh, with the Fire and Me, and then and then Seeker also is is probably my third favorite. Yeah, that's typically, you know, people tend to like the first three, I guess, kind of like you mentioned with your book, it's, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm always like, held to the first three. Yeah. I think those first three albums to me, and that's fine. Like, yeah, the first three are, they're like a trilogy, I guess, in a way. Yeah. And then I personally like turn the page and then not on purpose, but the next three were a trilogy unrelated they were, I called that my pandemic trilogy since they yeah. all were written and recorded during 2020. And then, and then I guess this is like the third, what I'm working on now is like volume three of yeah. the collection of my life. But yeah, yeah, it, it's, and that's funny. The thing about streaming is everything is new all the time, right? I, I can't tell you how many songs I discovered that I'm like, oh, this, this is a great song. And I'm like, this came out in 2008. What? Totally. And uh, I think that's cool. Or the artist Zade Wolf or Zadie Wolf. You know, the name sounds familiar, but I, I don't know that I've listened to any of the music. So I thought it was a band, but it's actually somebody said it to him. Anyway, I recently discovered him and I'm like, I mean, he's like more of a, like a, what's that band? Imagine Dragons, kind of like more of a hard rock. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But now like when I'm working out, I'll listen to his music. And then when I want to chill, I listen to your music, you know, kind of. And, but anyway, the point is I discovered his album the other day and I'm like, my, my daughter actually turned me onto it. And, uh, I'm like, this is incredible. I'm like, wow, this guy, you know, he, he's brand new. And no, this album's 2016 that I'm listening to. It, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, it's a trip. You know, you don't, uh, it, all, it all feels new. Here's a question I wanted to ask you is this. I think that in life, we all imagine what life would be like if, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and it's the whole, the, the fantasy. And, and I've always thought, I've heard this said by, and then I've experienced it myself that, the fantasy is almost always better than the reality, right? And yes. so I was wondering, as a musician, was there a... Did you ever have a fantasy of what that would be like if your songs were available on iTunes or on CD or whatever, and then how the fantasy compares to the reality? That's such a great question. I think about that weekly, if not daily, <laughs> because it's so true. It, the fantasy is always better. And... The thing that comes to mind is I remember specifically when I was working at the time, you know, I've worked a few different corporate jobs before committing to giving this music thing a, an almost said final push, but like a valiant effort. And yeah. uh, I remember sitting at the, I had just released my first album and I, maybe not even, maybe just like a couple singles off of it. And so I was like, okay, music is on Spotify. All right. And I was like, I think I had like seven monthly listeners or something like that. You know? Yeah. And I remember other artists that I listened to. I was like, well, if, like I was being reasonable with it. I wasn't like expecting to hit John Mayer numbers overnight, but I was like, let me see. I'm like, if I could just hit 30,000 monthly listeners, my life will be different. Yeah. And then over the next, it was very slow, but over the next uh, probably two years, I hit that number. And I, that number, by the time I hit it, the number in my head was like, well, if I hit 75 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two years later, you hit it. And then, I'll, and then, then it, for a while, it was like, once I get over 100K of monthly listeners, it's funny that that's the metric that I think a lot of artists look at. 
which is silly. It actually really means nothing. Yeah, yeah. And like in so many ways, it means like it doesn't even help you from alive from booking shows or anything. <laughs> and like you sit and all of a sudden, uh, and that's part of my point is I realized I'm like, as I, the goalpost kept moving and I was like, okay, I'm focusing on this way too much. And now having been tricked by myself or by, by the fantasy, like the carrot on the stick kind of thing, I just, I do my best to not even pay attention to it. Cause I have things now I'm like, well, if I play red rocks, everything will be good. And I'm like that. I, I know for a fact, that's not true. <laughs> I know plenty of bands that I've actually opened big shows at big events like that. And it means it, it doesn't, the industry is weird. And, and I have to like, understand that. The other thing is like, if I have fans, everything will be great. And it's like, and I, and I say this with like so much love and respect to the fact that people do choose to listen to my music and follow it. I never thought it would be as hard as it is to have, even on the small level that I have some music that has been successful. It's, it's been so challenging. And if somebody told me that I have no regrets, but if somebody, if I told myself that in the future, me told myself that, or somebody told me that with like a big warning of like, Hey, like everything kind of changes after you have some songs that people start to listen to and share. It definitely affects my mind a bit. And I'm like, Oh, I, I probably wouldn't have gone forward. I'm glad I, I do continue to, but anyway, that's, that's all probably too long of an answer. For no, it's a great answer. For, but yeah. 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 Cause like, like just to circle back, I've never yet experienced something where how I thought it would be in my mind that it was better than the fantasy. Reality is always uh, a letdown because you're holding it up to this fake thing. Yeah. There's nothing better than like right now. Like, and I have that moment now, like I'm like, well, I need this, I need that. And then I'll come back, I'll come downstairs from recording and I'll just hang out with, with my dogs and I'll be like, this is way better than any of the things I have in my mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, and that's the thing. If you, if you can't learn to be happy with what you have now, what makes you think that you'll know how to be happy with what you think you want in the future? Right? Yeah, that's a really good point. Because it's really about learning to love the present moment and be completely at peace and grateful. And this this moment is perfect, right? Because a future yeah. moment is going to still have its imperfections and and it's the gap between where it is and where it could be and and that that next that next carrot on the horizon, like you said. So I wonder if it's the same for you. With before you released your first book, right? Like that's a special moment because once the first thing comes out, first book, first album, first, whatever you're working on, you then have this curse of expectations, even if they're hundred percent self expectations in the beginning, it's so pure. There's no expectation. So I tell that to people before they're, they put their first album out. I go, remember this feeling and try to capture it and don't lose sight of that. There, you don't have to have expectations because yeah, even journal. if it's self yeah, it's self expectations that can mess us up from putting our best our best work out next. When there may be anyway, truth to that, what you know, it's been said, right? That like if you have low expectations, you'll never be disappointed or whatever. I think there's actually, if you spin that in kind of a positive way, I think there's an element to it. Because I will say, for me, when I wrote the Miracle Morning, I was, you know, I, I was an insecure, you know, I, I was like, oh, nobody's going to like this. Like, who's going to, who am I going to convince to wake up early? But I feel like I have a responsibility to put it out there. And so there was actually a lot of elements of the reality that far exceeded the fantasy. But, like, I got invited to Paris to go on a book tour, and my wife and I, they flew us first class. And I'm like, I never in a million years dreamt of this. <laughs> you know? Right. 
So, so interestingly exactly. enough, there were some parts that actually I'm like, whoa, this is way beyond what I imagined. But no, that's that's awesome. Yeah, but I think I think for most things in life, yeah, you dream of the perfect relationship and the perfect this and the perfect that, and rarely is it perfect. And so, yeah, um, yeah, I think like as like we said, it's how do you learn to love every moment of your life, and then you win. You know, then you win because then when you get to the great moments, you love them, and when they're not so great, you still love it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if that's not one of your songs, there you go. There's an idea for a new song. It's funny you say that's kind of the theme of the album I'm working on now. Is it? Actually, I love it. Oh, I can't well, wait. Well, I don't know. Like, I'll be straight up, like, because I say this to my wife all the time. I don't know if this will be current fans' favorite. I sonically go in a little bit of a different direction, but I also, I think, like, I kind of circling back to all the points, the hardest thing that I've had to deal with, and it's not hard in the grand scheme of life but like the most challenging thing i should say is i have a lot of people you know message me asking me like how i'm so positive or they're expecting a positive song and it's like i am more pessimistic than yeah. than optimistic especially these days that was a keep bringing up the pandemic i think it's the last thing anybody wants to talk about this point no, but i'll be yeah, honest that it's, it made it's a, what's happening so i think it's important it, yeah it made a huge shift i went from like 99 optimist to probably like 60, 40 in favor of pessimism. And I had to like deal with that. And then I felt guilty about that. And then I realized there's nothing to feel guilty about. That's what I need to write about. Cause I'm going to guess the vast majority of people feel that way too. Yeah. And so this album is about dealing with that upward spiral of life, starting out like, Hey, it's going to get tough. There's a storm coming. Mm. You don't know when it's going to hit. And then finding uh, like kind of like peace with that. By the second half of the album, you get to this point where you're like, oh, like I got this. It's going to be okay. This is life and it's all part of it. You can't yeah. just have good days. You can't have good days all the time. Yeah. You can do your best, but there's so more out of our control than in our control. And it's kind of using much of different metaphors than I don't say it on the surface like that, but for people that do listen to it from top to bottom, I, like I'm trying to create like a, as an album, it creates more of like a, like a journey and it's a cyclical journey. Like if you have it on loop, it'll go right back to the first track before you know it. And Cause that's what life has been like for me. Yeah. Before ah, I know I it, that, I'm, I'm like, it's like all oh, the best day ever. And then all of a sudden, like by the afternoon, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not in a good spot right now. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but that's happens. And I was like, I'm going to actually, instead of shying away from that, I'm going to capture that in, in album form. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of what the next one is. Focused on. That's well, I, I, I can't wait to listen to it. That for me has been the journey since 2020 hit, like when 2020 hit and, as a leader, as a podcaster, as you know, I, I asked myself, well, first of all, I asked, what do I need to focus on myself right now? And then I asked, how can I best help other people? And what I came back to is when we focus on things that are out of our control, we feel out of control. And that's a never good, right? That, that's what hmm. causes anxiety and depression. And there was so right. much, we were bombarded with things that were out of our control, right? The pandemic, all of the, the government, the lockdowns, the this, the that all out of our control and it became more a part of our consciousness where before we might not have paid attention to it because it didn't affect us directly. Right. And so I realized that the only thing that makes sense for me to focus on is the only thing I have control over, which is how I experience every moment of my life. And right. I can't change what's going on out there, but I can choose to experience every moment, even the hard ones with grace and courage and love and empathy and understanding. Right. And yeah, and so I'm excited for this this next album because it sounds like you're really 
bringing the journey that we've all been on into like you do so well into into, into music. And, and I love that you're you're designing the album to be taking us on that journey. It's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely... I haven't been this excited about uh, a collection. It's a short, shorter album too. So you can digest it. Nice. Pretty, I want it to be easily digestible. I feel like. When's the release uh, scheduled release date for that? So right now uh, I'm hoping for like either April 1st or April 8th. I haven't, it'll be one of those two dates. Like I said, I just have right now. Yeah. Early April, 2022. And I I just have uh, one song left to record and then final mixes and then I do all my own album artwork. So I'll do all that stuff and then should be ready to go. Awesome, man. Any other, you know, we talked about the fantasy better than reality. Any goals for the future? Any, any fan, you know, I think even if we know that we're still going to entertain fantasies for the future. So <laughs> what's your ultimate fantasy? What, what are you thinking about? What would you love to do as a musician, as a human being, you know, in the next 10 years? Ooh, in the next 10. That's a good question. I feel like if you asked me, a year or two ago, I, I would very quickly give the obvious answer that almost every musician has, which is like, play Red Rocks. Yeah. Uh, I've changed that to like, it would be, since I'm from Long Island, it'd be cool to play Jones Beach, but then we're like tripling the size of the venue. So mm. but, but, but <laughs> taking, that, taking that out of it, I don't even like think about like that anymore. That was like a big shift for yeah. me from into, into the, throughout of last year, just kind of like really thinking about what I want is like being a, and this is probably gonna, I, I understand how important it is to have, be clear in your goals. That's something I've always struggled with. Mm. I think it's my nature. Cause like, I love to do so many different things, but the only goal, and it sounds like such a, a lame goal, but my main goal is to just constantly push myself out of my comfort zone creatively as a songwriter, producer, guitarist, piano player, like learn new instruments and just push because that's what keeps me happy mm. and not worry. And this is where it gets tough for listeners, but not worry if people are going to like the next thing or not. Cause if they wait a little longer, like another thing will be out. Another day out. I, Cause I'm getting more okay. And like wearing it more on my sleeve that it's music is not, I'm not trying to change the world. I'm not trying to, teach anybody anything i'm literally just using it's my medium for how i process what's going on inside and around me and that's my only goal and that might be a detriment to achieving certain things but i think i'm at this point in my life where i'm okay with that because i just love the craft of music and i'm just so dedicated to just keep pushing myself further outside my comfort zone these days I love that, Rob. That answer to me is a masterclass in how to approach goals, which is it's not just about a measurable goal that 365 days from now, you know, at the end of the year, you can measure. It's not about the album sales. You just said it's about every day pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think for yeah. anybody listening, you know, you don't have to be a musician to to apply that same thing. And that, Rob, as you said, that's where you're the happiest. When you're doing something every day, you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, you're being creative. And you also, part of that masterclass was not being attached to the results. You know, you're okay if people don't like this album, right? Which is... <laughs> yeah. It's you know. something I, I had learned early on and I don't... And I, I did not master it by any means. I don't think you can really master anything. You just get incrementally better. I'm at the best place i've ever been for like being as least having a, the least amount of attachment as possible right now which i think mm-hmm. is a win uh, as far as things because like back to the fantasy versus reality thing is i've told myself so many times i'm like if 
if this artist hears my music or if I go on tour with this person, it'll change. And I've just learned through a lot of things falling through that it's never about one thing. It's about the, all the little things that aren't worth an Instagram post <laughs> that make it a beautiful journey. And it, I have to remind myself that daily because I guarantee you in three hours from now, I'm going to get mad, to, mad with myself about something <laughs> and be like, nobody's going to like this song. And I'm like, I have to remind myself that's missing the point because like, I do understand the main point, but it doesn't mean that we lose sight of it. I, at least I lose sight of it on a daily basis. And it's all about kind of regrouping and just coming back to that foundational belief that I have of like, just keep pushing myself outside my comfort zone and make sure it's always fun as far as music goes. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Well, let's uh, wrap with that. Well said. Keep pushing yourself awesome. out of your comfort zone. Enjoy every moment, right? Make sure you're having fun. Rob, totally an honor to talk to you today, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me on. I am truly honored. All right. Goal Achievers, I'm telling you, I highly recommend that you go check out Rob's music wherever you listen to music. I do iTunes. You might do Spotify or Pandora. And if you want to start where I started, the album is called The Fire In Me. And yeah, just the entire thing from start to finish, it will take you on an incredible journey that uh, will, will leave you a better person. Love you all so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.